Hey guys, it's Kat. So before today's episode starts, I wanted to plug my Patreon. By contributing every month, you'll get access to exclusive episodes and creative content. The funding helps me afford new equipment and a better listening experience for you. The link to that Patreon is going to be www.patreon.com slash I'll leave that link in the description below, but if uninterested, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome to Brain Food. This is episode 24 of season three. I mean, this is episode one of season three. Oh my God, you're my oh first my guest. Introduce yourself. Crazy. Hi guys, my name is Tate. I'm one of Kat's friends here at FIT. One of my first friends oh, here. Oh, you're actually such an angel. Like, meeting you was one of the best things in the entire world. Really? It's just, like, one of those type of connections that immediately you're just like, yeah, this is a good dude, and, like, you're going to be in my life for a long time. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Remember when you made me cry? Oh, my <laughs> God. I actually felt so bad. I was like, did I do something wrong? No, no, no. And I just, yeah. Well, like, I have a Love single you. dorm. Like, I'm, we're in a single dorm now, yeah. and, like, when I got here, I would sit alone at lunch like I did in high school, and then Julia came over to me, and she was like, do you want to come and meet my roommates? Aww. And then, like, that just made me feel really good. Yeah. And you were so you, nice. W- I remember the first time we met, actually. You were, like, crossing the crosswalk right in front of the yeah. pizza shop. Um, and immediately, we were all like, oh, my goodness. I love making friends. And as soon as I met you, I was like, I want to be her friend. Like, I don't know what it is about her. And then you came out with us on one of our, like, little days out. And it was so fun. And we just, <laughs> yeah, I just love you. I love you, too. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump into it. Um, I don't want to just, like, start off with, like, a question because I'm not going to do that. But yeah. usually I ask people, like, what was your first feeling when you graduated high school? Like, you threw up your cap. What did you feel? Relief. Yeah? I hated high school. I hated, I've always hated being conformed to, like, anything society tells you to do. It's not for me. Um, I've always known what I've wanted, and I've always gone after it, but I feel like I had a really hard time being forced into going through the motions that all kids have to go through, Um, especially towards the end. I just had had a really traumatic senior year, Um, and I just felt very, very much alone. Yeah. And I could not wait to get out. Well, I'm happy that you did. I'm happy. And I'm happy that you're here now. Um, You grew up in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Suburban Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, right near Ohio, right on the lake. A beautiful town in the summer. Crazy winters. One of the snowiest cities in the country. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I grew up in the same town that Julia did. Yeah. So obviously, I think when you're like in that suburbia, like everybody's kind of a copy of a copy of a copy and you yeah. just feel super like I can't wait to get out of here. But yeah, yeah, I actually just visited Julia um, in Smithtown and it was very similar to where I'm from. Um, it's pretty. But and yeah. 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 OK. Was similar. So what made you like reach out? to want to be a guest like what was your like um I think it was just through conversations that you and I had had yeah we had just connected about a lot of the things that we had gone through um and you were like you should come on the show and I was like oh my gosh I've always wanted to um and I just remember you would send me like little snippets and our dms before we were even friends yeah I would just get dms like new brain food episode and I was just like oh my gosh this is so cool like, I had no idea you were even going to FIT. And when you told me, I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I 
was just I knew I had to. I don't know what it was. So what was like your thought process this morning? Like, are you were you nervous Did you, or were you like, what am I going to talk about? What if this happens? Like, um, I think I like to keep myself busy and not, I just kind of like to impulsively go for things. I'm definitely a little nervous that I'm just going to be bad or people won't like what I have to say. Um, and this topic is a pretty heavy, ho- heavy one. And especially just because it's very, very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not fully out of it either, I would say. Yeah, well, I think that's why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. Because when I was in high school, at least, I would binge eat a lot. Yeah. Like, when I was, like, at my lowest, I'd gained, like, 100 pounds just out of nowhere yeah. s- from being, like, super, th- like, always just stocky. Like, yeah. my whole family, they're, like, seven feet tall. Like, actually, they're just very yeah, stocky people. Yeah, you guys are very tall. <laughs> and I just had gained a bunch of weight, and I didn't know why. Yeah. Um... And then when I became sober, like, it just all went away. I kind of just had gotten to a point where I was, like, I was going to the gym and I was eating right. But it wasn't – I wasn't focusing on weight. But when I was at my heaviest weight, I was. Yeah. So when do you think – do you think this stems from, like, a childhood thing? Or do you think it was just, like, a slow burn process of just being, con- like, your conformity problem? I think – Everybody has their thing. Everybody has something that they hyperfixate on. Everybody, ha- nobody is perfect, obviously. Yeah. But I think this has always been something that's been inside of me. Um, I remember the first time I ever remember thinking about my body was in kindergarten. My mom had gotten me this super cute dress from Jimbery. I don't know if anybody remembers what that is, but it was like a little clothing store. Um, and I loved the dress, but it, when I put it on, I didn't like the way it made my body look. And I had remembered hearing my mom talk negatively about her body. So I was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm going to do that. And mm. I was like, mom, I look fat. Um, and she was like, what? Like, no, 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 no. You're so beautiful. Like, I was five. Yeah. Come on. Um, but it was just, we grew up in the early 2000s. So that was the trend, yeah. being thin like that. Yeah, it was just a trend. And I had seen my mom just pick herself apart 24-7. And she's definitely been working through that. And now that I'm older, I realize adults aren't perfect either. But mm-hmm. I think for a long time, I put a lot of blame on her for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, while you were in it, you resented her? Like, were you, like, in, like, while you were in it, like, at your worst, where you're like, this is my mom's fault? Whenever you tried to, like, think back, like, where did this start? Where did this start? Did you immediately go to, like, a parental? No. Um, I don't really think I've ever truly blamed my mom or mm-hmm. my dad for anything. I think I have a really bad relationship with my stepfather. Yeah. And I think for a really, really long time, even now, I think I put a lot of blame onto him for it, which is hard because obviously most of the blame is from me. But the way that I was treated, I also think I put blame on my mom for letting him treat me like that. Yeah. Um, And now just being out of that environment for only, I don't know, how long have we been here? Like six months? Six months. Yeah, that's it. I'm still definitely healing and realizing that no adult should treat a child the way that that man treated me. Yeah, because you're a defenseless kid. You can't. You don't know what is right and wrong yeah. at that point. You don't know if, if you're supposed to question authority, face it, or you don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I remember, like, we talked about, like, the the comparison of, like, addiction and, like, eating disorders. And, like, I thought that was, like, a really good thing for us to, like, 
bond over because they are similar. I feel like when people like think of like mental health and then they think of addiction, like sometimes people are like, oh, they're not one and the same. But I feel like when somebody has like an issue or they're dealing with something like they hyper fixate on it, like yeah. you said, and they just they can't help. It's like literally like putting a drug in front of you and like just you have to yeah. it's just impulsively like if I don't do this, like I'm going to blow up. Yeah. Like I would have crazy thoughts like that. Like, oh, if I don't drink tonight, I'm going to die in my sleep. Yeah. Like, did you ever have something like that? Like, if I don't do this. All of the time. Even now. Eating disorders are addiction. It's, yeah. It, it is another form of addiction. And one of the mo- more dangerous things about it is with drugs, you can completely take them away from somebody. Mm-hmm. Even though. It's a physical object. It's, yeah, it's a physical object. But eating disorders, like, you need food to survive. You don't need heroin to survive. Yeah. And. So having to be around that thing that I'm so terrified of and so addicted to every single day of my life, three times a day, is awful. It's all around you. And then constantly, especially in this industry that I love and is my passion, it's constant. Like, everybody's always like, you're so small. Or what do you eat? What's your workout routine? And I'm like, actually, I just threw up my meal. Yeah. And or actually, I haven't eaten in three days. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's like you ca- you don't want to be mad at those yeah. people. But at the same time, it's like if you only knew, like, why would you ask somebody that? Yeah. And I think like I hear that a lot, like especially like my sister. She's a long distance runner and people are like she gets really self-conscious because she is very lean. People are like, oh, you're anorexic. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't know why you would even think of saying that to somebody. Yeah. Right? Like, don't you think, like, common sense would just kind of come in and be like, you shouldn't. Like, if somebody said that to me or that person that someone said that to them, like, they'd probably react the same way that you did. And yeah. you have it a little bit harder because you actually do struggle with the things that they're putting in your face. Yeah. And they don't. Like, what do I, I just don't understand what people expect. I was a long distance runner for a really long time, yeah. too. I was planning on going D1 for all of high school. Yeah. Um, and cross country was another passion that I had. It was fashion and cross country. And my love for these two things was so big, but they conflicted with each other so much. And when I got really sick, that dream was taken away from me. And I'm glad it was now. But at the time, that was really, really hard. Yeah. And then coming back into running when... I was supposed to be recovering was also a completely different battle. Like it, it's just very confusing. Yeah. My sister's going through something similar right now is yeah. she has um something to do with like her iron is like really low. Yeah. So from the summer of last year, she's been going to like four doctor's appointments like a week. Yeah. Just testing her blood. And it's like your identity's taken away a little bit. You're like, I'm good at this thing. And now I can't do it. Yeah. Is that how you felt? Yeah, like exactly. That's how I feel even now, day to day, is like yeah. there's constantly something looming over me. I have three, four doctor's appointments a week. All of my friends are like, Tate, where are you going? It's either work or doctor's appointments. It's just one after another after another. And at this point, I'm even, I just feel like I'm on autopilot. Like You're just going through the motions yeah, now. Yeah, I'm telling my therapist the same thing every week. Like, I'm not really getting anything out of my sessions. Mm-hmm. I go to a nutritionist. She asks me what I eat, and it's the same thing as the last week. Um, and it's just so repetitive. And then they weigh me, and they tell me it's not enough. And then my mom is upset, and 
uh, people are threatening to take this whole life that I've worked so damn hard for away, away from, from me. When honestly, I don't think I've been able to do better than when I've been away from my old life. Yeah, and also recovery comes with time. Yeah. Like, I, it's a really weird thing. Like you, like let's say you get better or you get better than where you are now that mindset's still going to be there. Yeah. It's never, it's the same thing with addiction. Like I went to an AA meeting on Sunday, my first yeah. AA meeting ever. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. That's amazing, Kat. Seriously. But have you ever done group therapy like that? Yeah. Um, did you find it helpful? I don't look at the time. I thought I did mm-hmm. looking back now. Um, I think it might've also just been the environment I was in. I was in a residential treatment i was hospitalized for Mm -hmm. my eating disorder um and being around other girls that were so in it and so in their eating disorder still and literally hearing them talk about behaviors that i had thought were so secretive and they were like no 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 i do this too takes your identity away again yeah i i don't know and then also the constant comparison i think with eating disorder there's a really big physical element to it Mm -hmm. and staring at another girl talking about a behavior she uses and looking at her and envying her body and being like oh like i'm gonna use that behavior too yeah like it's a very triggering and sensitive topic when nobody truly wants to hurt another human or they shouldn't and it's just not a good environment yeah to be in and they're so competitive eating disorders yeah they are so competitive without even anyone trying to be because that's the difference i think between me and you when it comes to addiction like i hit it and nobody found out and it's like with that culture of addiction it's like very like oh i'm gonna be want to be thinner than that person or i want to be heavier than that person oh i want to be like it's always you're comparing yourself to people and it's it's scary and like i commend you for like going through it and talking about it because a lot of people when they're in it they either use it to their advantage or they don't tell anybody yeah so i do give you a lot of respect for coming on here today and talking about it because it's not an easy thing to talk about at all i think it's so important though to spread awareness because especially in the city that we live in yes new york is amazing but it is so glamorized here Mm -hmm. everybody especially at our school yeah it is so (laughs) constant like in our dining hall everywhere is posted the calories to things or people making comments about not eating or yeah and it feels like high school it it feels like high school sometimes it does feel like high school just the their friend groups and my friends here we can talk about this in a little bit are Mm -hmm. the best thing that's ever happened to me and i see that there are certain people that go to the school that you can just tell they are not here for the right reason Mm -mm. and nope yeah (laughs) No, and I, and I I know how, even, like, seeing Julia from, like, because when I went to high school with her, like, she's still Julia, but, like, seeing her, like, how close she is with you and how close she is with everybody she lives with, it's, like, you're just happy. Yeah. And, like, your problems aren't your life yeah. anymore. That's something that's really helped me in my recovery. Um, we got very, very lucky. Julia and I are absolute opposites, but the two of us have one thing in common and that is that we have both struggled with um eating disorders Mm -hmm. and she could not have been more of a rock to me like the person she's not even just a friend to me anymore she's definitely family um we live together we talk 24 7 just because 
we have to just to keep our well-oiled machine running. You share a room. Yeah, we it's share like your sisters. And yeah, we are like sisters. And even our other roommates, Sophia and Lex, like they're amazing. And through that, we met our other best friend, CJ, who literally lives right next door and who I just like. Trust. He has, I've never had positive masculine energy in my life except for my dad. And my dad and I weren't close until he realized that I had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And once he realized that his daughter was dying, he was like, fuck, like she's not a little girl anymore and she needs me. Yeah. And it's time to start to see that there was a man in her life that was mentally abusing her. Yeah. And CJ has just shown me this beautiful masculine energy in the most pure form. And it's just safe, like an energy that I was so terrified of for so long and now I have it, and I'm, I finally feel loved by it, like, and then uh, just Mia, Jillian, everybody, everybody we're friends with here, uh, I'm friends with, mm-hmm. it's, they're my family, we yeah. do everything together. And you need that. I need that. Like, from somebody who is well into recovery, it's, yeah. my first couple months into recovery, it's like, I need to do this by myself, I need to do by this by myself, like, nobody can help me, I'm the only person dealing with this issue. Yeah. And even, like, going to that meeting yesterday made me see, like, actually how many people deal with that issue and how many people have recovered from that. Yeah. Like, there are people in that room who have been, like, they're telling stories and they're like, oh, I'm 11 years sober today. And I'm like, wow, shit, you can actually do that. Yeah. Like, that's something that you can actually work towards and actually accomplish. And it's from those groups or at least having people that know what that's like. Yeah. Because, like, I just feel like when I was going through it, I was just like, no, I need to do this by myself. Yeah. I commend you for going, especially now, even in your recovery, because it's something that never ends. Someone that could be 11 years sober, they still need the support from their community. Yeah. And even it's not linear and never will be. And you're going to have days where you struggle. Relapses are normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I've really had to come to terms with is that I'm never fully going to be rid of this disease that I took away. It's going to be there every single day. Um, but it's just a battle that I have to endure if I want to be alive. Yeah. And I think that's very similar to you. Yeah. And you have to watch people become addicted or glamorize it in movies and music and everyday life bars and yeah. (laughs) Everything that you do, Kat, the school you go to, uh, drugs are involved. Yeah. Everywhere. And so is comments about food and eating and bodies, but the fact that we love what we do so much you push through it you have to endure it yeah Yeah. you just gotta i have like another question where it was like what was like your aha moment of like oh shit like this is a problem like this isn't like something that is easy for me to do like this is hurting me yeah um i don't know i guess i kind of have to start from the beginning um I was in denial for a really long time. So I, I struggle with another um, disorder called rumination syndrome. And that's What's that? I've never heard of it. Yeah, rumination yeah. syndrome is actually a physical disorder. Mm-hmm. And it's when your body can naturally um, regurgitate your food. It's kind of gross. But um, if you flex your stomach muscles in a certain way, you can make yourself throw up. Oh, my God. trying. And when I was little, it just, like, used to happen after I would eat and nobody knew what was going on. And my mom was just like, it's okay, like, just, like, swallow your food. Like, you're okay. Um, And then that's 
kind of I was restricting for a really long time and then I realized that I could do something that would just speed up the process yeah and I didn't even need anything for it mm-hmm. which is so dangerous um, so that's where the bulimia really kicked in and that was when I was 16 um, and I had just been telling people no no like I can't control it um, Easy I out. get nauseous yeah. after every single meal after every time I eat I have to throw up and it was actually my childhood best friend's mom who realized and she was like Tate like you've lost a lot of weight and I noticed you going to the bathroom after every meal like what's going on um, and I guess that day was probably when I realized oh shoot like this is, is is something that I am controlling and when I try to stop all I can think about is continuing to do do it again mm-hmm. um, and then my mom caught me and when she caught me and I saw the heartbreak that's when I kind of knew yeah that I needed help was it like was it like you had that aha moment and it was immediately like oh I'm gonna get help or you're like I'm aware of this, but I'm not going to stop. It was, I'm aware of this, but I'm not going to stop. It was wanting to be better, but not knowing how, um, but also being terrified of treatment. You know, when you like see all these movies of girls going to treatment centers or psych wards and you're like, I'm not crazy. I don't want to be there with these crazy people, but I don't think getting help (laughs) makes you crazy. No. And I don't think I realized that. I don't think... Being sent away was really scary. Yeah. And the place that I was at, um, Renfrew in Philadelphia, it was beautiful. I met amazing people. Um, but it, it, I was terrified. How long were you there for? Um, about two and a half months. Coming out of that, did you feel hopeful? Or looking back at it now, you're like, oh, that helped? Or no, that didn't help? I think it helped at the time for sure. I was very hopeful and it, I didn't relapse for about six months after that. Like yeah. I was continuing to do very, very good. Um, and then it was actually Christmas um, of 2020 that I had relapsed for the first time. And I was lost. I was really confused. Um, I wasn't really in treatment anymore. COVID. Yeah, you COVID. Couldn't. It was just, it was very, very hard. Um And then I was good for a really, really long time, and then I didn't relapse until my senior year when something really, really bad happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think relapse is like, like you said, like it's just, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, for me now, like, at least like in the process to give you a little bit of hope, I think once you're past like a, a couple certain like mountains, and you're like, oh, I hit six months, and then you hit a year. And it's kind of like, not that all your problems go away, but like, it's not constant anymore. Yeah, it's only little spurts. And I want to give you that, that hope because I've heard that from almost every person that I've come into contact with, especially after that meeting. It's just like, after a certain amount of time, if you just stay consistent with what makes you feel good as a person, like it's Mm going to be there, but it's not, it's not this overpowering thing that's going to control you anymore. Like over my break, I went home for my break. I had these vivid relapse dreams. I've never experienced it in my entire life. Like I was waking up like, <clears throat> like yeah. fully waking up like that. I've never had that in my entire life and it scared the shit out of me. So I started going back to therapy um, like a couple days after that. I was like, mom, like I need to see my therapist. And I haven't been to therapy since I've been sober. Yeah. And I think that was part of the problem. Yeah. Was like not talking to anybody about yeah. it. 
I also think going home is can be really hard Triggering. too without realizing it. I had told my family and all of my friends from home that I never was going to go back to that town. Me, me too. <laughs> I went I went back over break only for like 4 days because mm-hmm. my family's actually moving to France this summer, so I was like, okay, I never mm-hmm. have to go back here again. Um, I miss my best friends and like they I understand they're scared of the city. They don't want to come here. Like it, it's fine. Um, and I miss my little sisters and my puppies. So I went back and it was so difficult. I was anxious about it for days, weeks before I went. Um, my friends all saw it. Like uh, I was crying. I was just so nervous and I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why. And then going home, I, I was really struggling. Yeah. And then I came back here and I was still struggling and I was like, why am I still struggling? And it's because being in that space can be so triggering and just subconsciously like everything that you went through. Yeah. Yeah. That's I. It's so weird that you said that because I haven't really heard a lot of people say like, oh, my winter break was great. No, my winter break was really hard. Yeah. Like, I don't think I have a bad relationship with my parents. I I think if anything, my parents are the reason of why I'm alive. Yeah. Me like, too, me too. Like, my parents are just nothing but supportive. Like, yeah. we butt heads, but if anything, if any fight that we ever got into is my fault. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Um, But going home, I just was crying every night. Yeah. And it wasn't over, like, I'm thinking about something in the past. It was just, like, being home made me, like, really, like, made me feel like there was walls caving in on me yeah. all the time. I felt so alone. Yeah. I also felt like... Here, it's like I have my life. I have a job. I have an internship. I'm doing amazing things. I have amazing friends. And going home, it kind of makes you feel like a little kid again. Yeah. And I, I'm not good when I'm being told to do anything. I really <laughs> am not good at following rules. Um, and I, I just felt like I was a little kid who had to ask permission to leave my house. Like you're in high school like again. Like I'm in high school again. And high school was so traumatizing as is yeah so why would i ever thrive in that scenario again you wouldn't I just wouldn't yeah but my parents my mom my dad and my stepmom especially are amazing people and they could tell i was struggling and they came to me and they were like hey we love you we understand why you're struggling and we just want you to know that like you're gonna be okay and we see how happy you are in new york yeah um even my stepdad too like i know he just who he is he he never meant to hurt me um i would never go to him for anything yeah he never meant to like you know where the both of you stand yeah and that's just that yeah yeah um what else do i got um hmm. oh just like your first few months of recovery what were some things that were like your go-to like yes this is this is a safety net, and this yeah. is what's going to help me. Um, I really tapped into my love for fashion and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always written. I had always loved fashion, so I started my first blog. Um, you could plug it. It was No, it's <laughs> not my blog anymore. My blog is com- something completely different, but it was called Confessions of a Fashion Freak, and it was so cute. Um, and I would just talk about eating disorder recovery. I was a junior in high school, and then I – got a job at um, this is my first job at a local vintage boutique and I threw myself into it I had worked my way up to our head social media manager 
I was training interns that were in college while I was a senior in high school. Um, I ran our socials. I modeled. I was working with photographers. And I just realized how much I loved this industry. Mm -hmm. But then with that, there's a lot of emphasis on your looks. And then relapse happens. But I, I think everything fashion and just being independent and... You have ambitions. You have goals. Yeah, I have really big goals, and I've always known what I've wanted to do. Um, also, surrounding myself with people that I love. Mm -hmm. I had I was in a relationship, and while I was in a relationship, I, it was probably one of the best times, the most healthiest times I've ever had. Really? Which was crazy. It was it was a pretty healthy relationship until it wasn't. But yeah. Yeah. It things just happen. Things happen. Yeah. I I think that that was my issue. I think that sometimes. I like bringing other people on here to gain like a new perspective because mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Like I might be sober that that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. Yeah. You still struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I remember a couple times like li listening back to my podcast, like when I was in my first few months being like, Oh, what am I saying? Like that you yeah. can do things by yourself that just be overly independent, which like maybe it's a little bit different between us and between those disorders and addiction issues. But I think I was so scared of like being in a relationship or telling anybody what was wrong with me, even though I was okay. Like I could yeah. thrive by myself. I can thrive independently, but I think I was, I was just so scared. And like you said, with high school, I think we both did not had a horrible high school experience. Yeah. And I think my issue was like, I don't want to bring anyone into my life. I don't want anyone to be like with my problems. I don't want them to deal with my problems. Yeah. And that's what friends are for. Yeah. I think. And I think, like, for anybody who deals with, you know, anything is to have people who care about you around you. Yeah. I think love and surrounding yourself with people is one of the most important things. felt very alone in high school. Yeah. Um, my senior year, I had something really, really not good happen to me. And instead of my friends supporting me, I lost most of my friends. Yeah. And now even being here six months later, the girls that I thought were going to be my best friends for the rest of my life, I only talked to two of them. Yeah. And it's okay, and I'm at peace with that, and I, ch I chose that. That was mostly my fault, but going from having all these guy friends and all these girlfriends, I say that lightly because they really were never my friends mm -hmm. based off the way they acted. Yeah. Um, it was really hard, and so I really did isolate myself, and then this summer I was fortunate enough to spend it in Europe, and I made the most amazing friends. Um, and then coming to FIT, obviously the friend group I have is absolutely insane. And I, I thank my lucky stars every single day because these people are so beautiful and so kind and any, t they know me better than anybody has ever known me. And mm -hmm. we've known each other for six months. Yeah. How is that possible? I think it's just timing is, you know, I believe in that stuff. I believe yeah. in fate. I believe in right time, right place. Yeah. Um, the timing of my life within the past two years has shocked me to my core. Like I, yeah. some of this shit that has happened in my life, like to the date, to the time, like I think it was just supposed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you moving here and you finding those friends was nothing short of that was supposed to happen. Oh yeah. That we, it just, it's insane. You always hear from people like your freshman year friend group isn't going to be your friends for longer than like a week when you first get here. We met the first day. Yeah. Like, immediately off the bat, it, we were all inseparable. Even now, we do everything together. Um, 
so yes, I did get very lucky. I think my where I still struggle in relationships is definitely with men mm-hmm. and opening myself up to men. Um, but friendship-wise, I'm solid. Yeah, I, I think especially because I went through what I went through at such a young age, I was so selfish because yeah. that's what addiction does to you. You become very selfish, and the thought of being friends or you know dating was never in my perimeter yeah. of anything. Because I, I started drinking when I was 13, and I didn't stop wow. until I was 17. Wow. So that's, like, your age range of, like, dating and having a boyfriend and, you know, yeah. doing sexual things and experimenting. And I just never got to experience that. Yeah. And if I did, I was drunk or I was yeah. high. So, like, it wasn't real. I've never yeah. had, like, a real sexual experience with anybody in my yeah. life. And since I've been sober, like, I haven't had any sexual contact with anybody. So now being in college and all of a sudden having, like, older men like me and, like, having people like me, it's, like, that's something I'm trying to work on is, like, romantic relationships because it's, like, I don't know how to even approach that. Yeah. I think sex and intimacy can be a very beautiful thing. And I think going about it in a way that makes you feel beautiful and empowered and also just, like, focusing on your pleasure and what you like Mm -hmm. is very important. Um, It's very scary opening up yourself up to people because what if they don't like you or what if they think your problems are bad or what if if all the worst things in the world could happen, you know? I even feel that in my friendship sometimes. I'm just scared to say things, but it's nothing to do with them. It's everything to do with me. Yeah. But then it's also very easy to throw yourself into things with people, especially here with older men, because there are so many of them and a lot of them make you feel like you're very, very special. And I'm not. And (laughs) most of the time (laughs) we are very special. It's just the way they do it is so manipulative. You have to be very careful. Um, I think right now I'm in a really amazing place just when it comes to the way that I who I surround myself with, within dating. Um, I'm very comfortable where I am with who I'm hooking up with, just like... Just being yourself and doing things intuitively that you want to do. Yeah. Did you ever feel the way that I felt while you were in a really bad place? In that sense, like, I I can't deal with other dealing with relationships like did you did you think that your addiction ever made you really isolated from other people i think it it did very recently i think until about a a month i don't think i've been ready to even explore anything with any man yeah Um, i think even it's hard to isolate myself right now friendship wise i think last year i did Mm -hmm. um and right now i know that i need these people yeah i have um, but when it comes to relationships, I think from about November of 2021 until November of 2022, I completely isolated myself and I threw myself into things with people who I didn't really want to be with, but they made me feel special or they called me beautiful or I was just getting the attention that I was craving and mm-hmm. it was nothing to do with from like really what i wanted yeah it was just something to because i had poor self-esteem and um i think now i'm in a place where i look at myself and i'm like okay like i like the way i look and i like who i am and i know i'm a good person i know i'm kind what do you think that change was 
my friends. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> hyping them up so much, but they seriously deserve it because they never fail to tell me every single day, you're so kind, you're so pretty, you're a good person, you're funny, like we like being around you and of course I feel the exact same way about them. But like any need I was lacking. I remember when I met Julia and Lex, I asked them, I was like, Are you guys huggers? Like <laughs> and they were like, Not really and I was like, Crap, like I Yeah, you need that. I am such like a physical touch person and the first within the first week of being here they made conscious efforts without even me asking without even me hugging them they would just like come up to me randomly or hug me or like if lex could see i was struggling she would start to hold my hand oh and to this day lex and i hold hands when just even for fun like <laughs> they call us the meatballs lex and i always cause trouble together <laughs> what but you say? yeah do you know what the meatballs are no from jersey shore oh they're um crap what is snooki and dina yeah um, apparently th- we've never even seen it. They're just like this little troublemaking duo who <laughs> likes to fuck shit up. And that's Lex and I constantly. It's just fun. We never do anything like way too crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's such a, like a beautiful thing. Like really. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And every time I see anyone, they always make an effort to give me a hug or just like something or rub my back or. Yeah. No, but that's really important because I think that's what I lacked. So hearing you say that, that like you're able to do that after coming from such a dark place, being able to trust people the way that you do. Yeah. And at first it will make you uncomfortable. And I can't even lie about that. Um, Yeah. At first it really did make me uncomfortable. And even sometimes now when people that I just like don't like their energy touch me, I'm like, please stop. Like, it just scares me because of your own personal just some experiences that i've been through but i think the people that i have now and it they just like make me feel so loved in the most beautiful way um and i do feel loved every single day i i'm not lacking that which is the first time probably since i was five yeah and it makes you love yourself yeah because other people love you i'm falling in love with myself and i've never been able to do that in my entire life I'm happy and I find you. new things about myself that I'm just so confident in every single day. And I think it's making it very easy for me to create new connections with people, um, which is also something I, I struggle with sometimes. True connections, yeah. not just the ones where you see them on the street and you're like, oh, my God, hey, like, yeah, having an so actual like, yeah. connection with somebody. Yeah, because that's what I crave. Like, I love talking with my friends and talking to people, but. That's something I've always, always struggled with because every single friend or relationship that I've had, when I get to that point, they cut it. Yeah. Or they betray me in, like, such a way where I'm like, I can never go back to that. And then I wait two years. It causes insane intimacy issues. Yeah. And I'm sorry that that is what you've had to deal with. Because, well, no, 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 no. I see you as a person, Kat, who's just, like, you are a rock and... Not in the sense where, like, you can be alone, yes, but you are so strong in anything that anybody has ever thrown at you, anything that the world has thrown at you. It's been so unfair. But, like, even just talking to you every single day, I am just obsessed with the person you're becoming, and I see you grow. Thank you. Stop. Seriously, (laughs) since you've been here, I've seen you grow so much, and you just do everything for your best interest. Mm -hmm. And you're being selfish 
in the best way possible. Like Thank you. You are you are becoming the most beautiful human being and I love you so I love you so much and I just want you to know that somebody somebody sees it like Okay, thank you. You're working you. hard, dude. I appreciate Every you si- so much. Like eight classes? What? I'm taking yeah, I'm taking eight this, this semester. What? <laughs> I'm taking how many? 5 and I'm like, "Oh my god." I mean, I'm also I like I'm changing my major too, which like also like was a little bit of a shock to me, but it's what I need to do. Yeah. And, and I that's think that's hard. You guys, we have our classes are three or four hours long. Yeah. They are insane. Mm-hmm. And they're once a week, but three or four hour long classes and then having to get double that amount of work done by the next class. Eight classes is wild. Yeah. Wild. So props to you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but I think that's another important thing. I, th- I think we're almost at time. We got like five minutes oh, left. Yeah, but you're okay. I think setting goals is a really important yeah. thing and I think that was something that I lacked for a really long time like I knew I always wanted to do something big with my life but I didn't know what that was I think I think I was just saying that so mm-hmm. people would like believe in me <laughs> yeah. but when I I started to be like I think actually when I realized I had a problem I became like conscious I don't think I was ever conscious from the age of like 11 to like 16 yeah like, I think I just, I try to think back. Of, I only remember, like, bad things from that age range. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, like but fuck. Like, my childhood was great. I don't think I could have asked for a better childhood, but when it came to, like, kids my age, I never got along with them. But it was also outspoken in a way where it was, like, they had an opportunity to treat me like shit. Yeah. So, like, if I was going to have a big personality, it had to come with that. Yeah. And then just after a while, when I hit, like, when I hit middle school, like I just shut up yeah. and I just started throwing my problems away, hanging out with kids that were three, four years older than me. And when I was 11 and like they were 13, but like at 13, what were you doing at like that's high school, so you young. know? That's right. So young. Yeah. And I think that's really hard. A lot of people don't see that even if you have what seems to be a picturesque childhood. Yeah. Like sometimes you can still really turn struggle. for the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it just has to do with the way your brain works. Um, also, just certain situations that you're thrown into, certain ways that you process things. Um, but anybody can struggle. Anybody can. Yeah. And you can do just as great things from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think struggling is one of the most beautiful things that a human being can do, especially at such a young age, because if you take it and you turn it into something really really good something really 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 good is gonna that happen. was my college essay yeah. was about struggle it oh was like God, without yes. struggle there's no passion yeah you know yeah, absolutely it's about turning the way that you're healing and all of that strength and all of the newfound love that you get in your healing journey into something that you love 10 times more than how much you thought you loved your addiction yeah Oh my god, that's so weird <laughs> that you said that's what they said it. Yeah. It was it, since it's like Valentine's Day, they were like explain to me your relationship with different parts of your lives. Yeah. Or like, you know, separate addictions that you've had. Like explain your love and like I I started writing it down the other day and like, you know, my childhood one was short. Yeah. Because that's when I was happy. I didn't have any problems. Yeah. But like the ones that were bad, I it was like pages and journal pages and pages yeah. and pages. But like like you said, like writing is probably the mo- one of the most helpful things, like pen to paper, not just typing. Like writing, I like I could have easily written these questions down on my phone. Yeah. But I wrote them down with my hands so I can have like 
actual ideas in my head. That's I do my notes like that in class. Yeah. I have to do pen to paper. Yeah. It's the only way my brain can process anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just even like when it comes to like art and stuff, like everybody's always told me I'm good at drawing, but especially like even getting to college now, it's just like I've always listened to what other people have told me what to do. Yeah. You know, I still go with it 100% and I work hard towards it but like sometimes the reasons of why I'm driving towards something isn't that good yeah like even getting here like doing a year of something that I don't actually enjoy enough to do for the rest of my life is a is a sense of grief like I cried for weeks over changing my major yeah it's just like you thought you wanted to do this thing so bad and then you get here and you're like this isn't what I wanted yeah like I could do this yeah I mean I'd love to be a freelance illustrator but like I'd also love to be a creator for film, and, like, that's what I want to do. Like, look at all the fucking posters in my room. They're all movie stuff. Look at the projects you worked on while you were simultaneously working on your illustration Illustration stuff. Yeah. Like, I just just love writing. I love, you know, creating lives of people, and I love creating characters. And, like, I could do that with illustration, but do I want to do that for the rest of my life? Yeah. So I think setting goals is probably one of the most important things, and – an actual goal that I have for myself is like setting realistic goals and you know setting high goals for yourself but like set goals for yourself that you know that you can achieve so you can build your way up yeah and then when you actually get there it's just yeah it's just great that's how that's how I go about my recovery too yeah um I just kind of take everything with a grain of salt but I know in the long run my I have two options and that's I can live or die yeah and I refuse to be here, sitting here, in five years and be on the brink of death. Because I know that if I keep up or continue to use certain behaviors, like, there's no reaching these goals that I want so badly. Mm -hmm. And there's no changing the world. There's no being known. And I refuse to leave the world without changing it for the better. I refuse to leave the world without showing people how to be kind, without giving everybody in the world all the hugs they deserve without showing people my mind like I need people to see what's inside of my brain I need people to know the ideas and the thoughts I have and what I'm going to achieve every person that I've met before like I haven't talked to you in like a long time yeah since like break I've had three people separately in my illustration classes that you're probably not even friends with tell me how nice you are that oh she walked me to like the end of the street and she was just the nicest person i've ever met so like you're like taking the steps towards that like you're not just saying these things like you're actively taking those steps to do that and it's working wake up every single day and i at least make someone's day better or make someone happy that's all i care about well now you have a group of people that's gonna listen to this (laughs) and like that's going to make them happier really and if anybody seriously ever needs help like you can always reach out to me on instagram um did i give a plug yeah no i'm gonna plug all your stuff once i'm done i i just want people to have an outlet um if they ever just need to speak about their pain or what they're going through um it's at tate panton t-a-i-t-e-p-a-n-t-o-n um I will always go through my DMs at least once a day. So if you just are struggling, like, I'm here for you, dude. And I know you are. Like, you mean that with your chest. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I'm not just here like, guys, I'm here for you. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We will have 
an hour-long conversation and I will take you out to coffee and you can cry like you made me cry honestly that was the first time that I had cried in five months what I don't cry I don't I honestly I've never cried in front of a group of people like that in my entire life like I just felt like a little like like not soul connection but just like oh you get it yeah like just from you like taking me aside privately and just being like I respect you as a person yeah like I've had my parents tell me that, but kids my age, like, never in my life. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So, like, for you to say that to me, like, I'm, like, gonna start crying now. Oh, like, it yeah. just, like, means so much to me. Absolutely. And I know you mean it. I think that's why, like, it hit me as hard as oh it did. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I don't, there are just, like, certain things that I will only say to people that I, I truly love and mm-hmm. care about. And I know we're n- we don't hang out every day. We don't talk every day, but I do love you. And I, I do want you to know that there is someone in this world who wants nothing but the best for you and will always be here for you. I love you too, Tate. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful that you even are giving me, like, a platform to Of course. Like, well, I respect you as a person. Yeah. So, like, of course I would give yeah, you, like. I appreciate that. Because I've had, I've also had, like, conversations with you about this. So, like, I know you're not, I've had a couple people on here where it's just, like, they're waiting for their turn to talk. And they're, yeah. like, they're not listening. And it's just, like, I know you're a good person. Yeah. So that's why I was, like, I okay, yay. <laughs> and I, I'm just, like, obsessed with hearing you talk about all the experiences. Because everything you say, I'm, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank God someone hears me. Someone knows that, like, you're not crazy for struggling. And if you are struggling, it's it's okay. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Because healing is something that everybody has to do at one point or another. And especially doing it at such a young age, you learn so much and you're forced to grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm great. I am, like, in a lot of ways, I didn't deserve it. Yeah. I didn't. No one does. But... In a lot of other ways, I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you and CJ, and I wouldn't be at the school that I am. I My junior year was failing. Everything yeah. wasn't on the, like, I wasn't going to graduate. Yeah. And I don't know. I was, just, I was also having a conversation with this girl I got coffee with, like, I'd never met ever. Yeah. Like, I just DM'd this random girl that I saw on TikTok and was like, let's go get coffee. And she was telling me about, like, how she's scared to, like, do something with her music career. And I was just like, you just got to walk into a, you know, a production studio and just be like, this is my shit. Look at it. And if they hate it, let them take it, even if they throw it out. And then when you come back in two months and your shit is better, that's what they care about. They care about how much you've grown within those two points. You just got to continue to, like, go for it. Yeah. Oh, it it sucks. That's, That's also how it is in recovery. Like, you have to continue to go for it. I have awful days. I have days where literally I'm like a little monster and I just feel every inch of me just wanting to relapse and no part of me wants to heal. But then there are the other days or the days where someone notices it takes one person. It takes one person to be like, Hey Tate, I love you. I see you're struggling. I'm worried about you. Let's talk or let's make this better. Let's just sit together for a little bit. And one, as soon as I feel seen, I'm like, no, no, no. We're not We're not going to relapse. Yeah. And we're you don't wake up. I don't wake up every day motivated. No. Nobody absolutely. does. No, no, no. I, I think 
especially on certain days when I, I we had a hard night last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up this morning and I was just like, we have to make today good and we're going to be okay. But it, it was hard. You have to remind yourself some days that like it's a conscious effort. It's not just going to come to you. Yeah. And fuck whatever society says. You don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day and go for a run. And wake up every single day in a way that makes you feel good and makes you feel motivated. If that means sleeping in until 10 and walking over to the deli and getting a bagel and a coffee and sitting with your friends and eating in the morning. Then so then be it. during your work, then so be it. Just find your thing. Yeah. Like, that's it's perfect thing. that you brought that up because yeah. what was the first thing the first conversation that i had with you that i wake up at 5 a.m every single day and i go for a run yeah uh, for the like even in the spring the fall wasn't a hard time for me but yeah. it i was so stuck in my ways of yeah. doing things like i was so scared to stray away from the like the diet that i've been on for the past two years yeah. and i never want to go back to being 230 pounds like i could never my goal, I think my goal was if I ever go back to that point, people will start treating me the same way that I was. Yeah. They're going to start treating me like I'm a drug addict again. And my parents are going to see me the same way that they did. Yeah. And like regression is just part of life. Yeah, it is. Like, I think I was just striving per- for perfection. Yeah. And no matter what I did, I was just like, well, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. And I always just found myself, I, I was completely empty in the fall. Yeah. And, like, yeah, everything turned out perfect. Like, to anybody else on the outside, like, holy shit, she's doing great. But I, every day I was falling asleep at, like, 9 o'clock, waking up at 5 in the morning and just being a zombie. That's that's what was happening to me at the end of high school, too. And I think it was all for the image of wanting to be perfect. I've always really struggled with perfection mm-hmm. um, and wanting nothing but that. And especially in r- romantic relationships, I've always wanted to put myself out there as, like, this cute little thing and I people see me as like this submissive. cute little submissive girl always even just people that when I first meet they're like and I'll like drop the f word and, and they're they'll like, be whoa. like whoa Tate like we didn't expect you're it five out of you, and you I'm can't like, <laughs> I'm like no, no 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 like you don't know how how I work um and so I think that's another thing that I'm really growing at is you just do what makes you happy. You don't have to put on a front all the time. Um, I think we're polar opposites in that way. Yeah. I think you're very like, you're very like openly like I love you, and I'm very yeah. much like that's don't how I talk am to me. I'm I'm very much so a lover, which I think kind of gets me in trouble sometimes because, <laughs> as I've learned, I'm very gullible. Um, and. But your heart's in the right place. But You're my, not. My heart's it's always not a manipu- in the right manipulative place. Way. No, 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 no. I, which is something else I've struggled with. But then I get mad when people just see me as like this incapable being, and I'm like, no. But I do this, this, and this, and I actually have a job and an internship, and I passed all of my classes with flying colors, and I'm capable of so much more, and all while in recovery. So yeah. it's not like I'm this small girl who's just cute and smiles and. You can take pictures of me and use me for your brand. No, like you're all of the above. You check yeah. every list. Like any, I, and that's why I like you a lot yeah. because you, you're a nice person, and you still work hard for things. Like I feel like that that sucks that people like put you in that bubble. Yeah, because I know how that feels. You're like, but it feels so good when they look at you and they're like, "Holy shit, this girl." 
is capable of so much. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you work hard for it. You're allowed to feel that way if you work hard for yeah. it. Yeah. I think I, I do have to, like, I, I'm nowhere near to where I want to be. Um, but it's nice when people realize that you are capable and that you are a hard worker. And I see it in you, too. I see it in everybody at this damn school. Yeah, I know. And it's the people like that aren't already are gone. I know. Did you? I cannot so believe. So many people left. How many yeah. people have left? This school. 50% of my major is gone. Oh, my God. 50% of our class is probably gone. Like, not probably not 50, but at least 20. So many people yeah. left. And honestly, if they're happy, good for them. But within this industry, you have to be you a have to hard, be a hard ass. or you're out. Yeah. And it's it, you see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm honestly like, I applied to Hunter yeah. just in case. Because when I apply to change my major, it's I'm, an, I'm in a BFA program right yeah. now. But film is a BSA. So it's like they're taking me as if I'm like a high schooler applying to oh. this program. And they take 25 people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if I don't get in, that's fine. Fuck. So I'll still be in the city. I'll go to Hunter. Okay. Um, but I don't think I already go to school here and I had a 3.9 GPA. Yeah, I don't be, really don't think good. that they're no, going to be like, good. no, I'd be, they want to take my money. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but literally, <laughs> but other than that, I think my four year plan is to get my bachelor's here yeah, and then go to LA. I think that's my plan. Yeah. That'd be so I sick. I think so. Yeah. And that's could, my goal. That's a good goal to have. I don't think I could ever see myself leaving the city. And if I would, it would be to Europe. But I'm never going to leave New York, not for a long time at least. It it was my it became my home very quickly. I mean, TJ, who's sitting over here, literally the minute we got here, he was like, yeah, I can tell you have a connection to the city. And I was like, yeah, I think so. No, I know you do. I think so. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm going to get an apartment next year probably, and I'll probably yeah. live here for four or five years. And yeah. then and then dip. I gotta I gotta be in LA for movie stuff. Yeah. I just have to. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's such the industry. Yeah. I gotta there. be there. Yeah. But I think that's like time. Oh my god. I'm like this flew by. So I right? was so nervous and like honestly, I this was so fun. I'm happy that it was. Fun. I'm so. Excited. Can we hang out a little bit after? Oh this? my god. Of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You should <laughs> okay. come back with us. Okay. Well. Yeah. Come back to our door. But I'm just gonna do my little outro. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Tate. Of course. This was Thank you. a perfect way to start off yeah. my little project that I have here. I love it. Um, but yeah, you can check out my website at catwasneski.com. I'll leave it in the link below, and I'll leave all of Tate's personal stuff in the link below as well. Um, I'll leave. Do you have Do you have a blog or a website? I do. I'm kind of not working on it that much right now, but it will be linked in my Instagram bio within a few weeks. Okay. So I'll leave your Instagram. I'll leave like all your stuff. And like Tate said, if you want to reach out to her. Yeah, seriously, dude. I'm, I would love to. But yeah, um, I will see you guys in two Tuesdays from now. Bye. Bye.